Good morning everybody, um, coming at you again, I don't know if it's your telly, your smartphone, your iPad, your laptop, but here I am and it's just great to be here and uh, I, I hope you're doing okay, I've been trying to be in touch with people, different people through email, phone calls and different things during the week. I know it's getting tough uh, tonight, Boris is going to tell us that maybe we're allowed to go out for another 10 minutes, who knows, maybe a bit more um, than we're doing, but I, you know, I wouldn't hold your breath, I don't think it's going to be a massive change um but uh it's an opportunity isn't it still for us to meet together um i have to confess i think that's probably the right way of putting it i share something i presume you got the quiz results yesterday if you've been doing that uh, that was great by the way thanks phil really enjoyed doing that we had such a laugh in our life group the golden eggheads the problem is um my counting i actually put the wrong number in i actually gave you the wrong uh <laughs> it's quite embarrassing actually I gave you uh, the wrong result for our team because I'd written down 87 now under normal circumstances you know that won't be a problem because most of the quizzes I've been in we've been so far down the table that whatever we got wasn't really a problem but this time it means that we won and actually looking back we only got 86 so it's so if Liz and John and I think Katrina's group um, other people just uh, I just wanted to say um, sorry it's my fault and I think it was 86 and it was all together so um yeah do uh hopefully have an opportunity to do that if you haven't done it you can still see it online uh, it's still there so please have a look on the youtube channel um and i just wanted to say a special happy birthday today there are actually three birthdays that i wanted to mention and the, and the reason i wanted to mention them is because they're all special so the first one is hazel who's out there hopefully listening she told me this week that she gets this on youtube so happy birthday hazel 70 today uh, so I've been told. So happy birthday. I hope you have a great day and I, and I hope things go well, especially with the 70th. Tomorrow, it's Fred's birthday and he's 80. So we again, we, we a big happy birthday to you, Fred. Hope you have a great day and are able to celebrate in these strange times. And then we have a birthday today also in our own house. Tia is 12. She turns 12 today and she's been really sort of looking forward to this but apprehensive at the same time what's it going to be like i can't see me friends you know what it's like don't you happy birthday darling uh, i hope you have a great day as well okay so we're going to carry on we're going to uh, think uh, together we're going to sing together we're going to look at god's word uh, we're going to uh, think about um, that being applied to the kids and then we're going to look at it together ourselves so please enjoy uh, the rest of our service together let me pray Father, we thank you for your goodness, we thank you for your grace, we thank you for your mercy, we thank you that that our relationship with you is so wonderful that a lockdown doesn't inhibit it in any way. We can still come to you. Uh, we think, Father, of those in terrible situations, those in prison for their faith in different countries, just in a small cell by themselves, some of them, and yet they still have you. Lord, we pray that you would meet with them, we pray that you would meet with us, we thank you that you are bigger than any situation. And we come before you now as we worship. We pray that you would be lifted up in our midst. Even though we're not together physically, we are together in spirit. And we pray that you would be among us. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Hi everyone. The reading today is from Psalm 13, if you want to find it in your Bibles. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts, and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep in death, and my enemy will say, I have overcome him. 
and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. Okay, so hopefully you've got your Bibles open. You're at Psalm 13, and we're going to look at that together. Before we do, let me pray. Father, open up your word, we pray. Speak to us. Help us to know what to do when we're feeling a bit at sea, disorientated, a bit out there. And as we look at this particular psalm, we thank you that it's there to help us. Use it to do that, we pray. Amen. Okay, so um, we've been looking at intimacy over the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, we've been thinking about that. We thought about uh, Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. Then we thought about Jesus giving us that, that intimate word, um, Father, to express our relationship, how we come before him as our God. But I'm aware that in all this talk of intimacy um, and the opportunity that we have to come before the Lord, and that's what I said, you know, don't waste this opportunity. Um, there may be some people out there who are thinking, well, that's really tough, actually, for me at the minute. That's that's something I've been struggling with for quite a while. And I, and I just wanted to address that this morning. I guess in some ways I, would just, I just want to come at it um, from a different angle. Um, it may be that you're thinking, you know, I haven't sensed any intimacy in a long time. And I, and I want to get that going again. And, you know, just telling me that that's what I should be doing is not that helpful. So that's why I want to look together at this psalm because I think this psalm helps us in those times as well you know it's hard you know it's, it's a sermon is a bit like a scattergun approach you, you sort of you know because you can't specifically aim everything at everybody all the time but you do trust that God takes his word and applies it to hearts through minds so that people will be changed but I did just wanted to look at this for a different angle this morning because the psalmist here questions and probes, expresses his longing, um, requests an end to his trials, um, that could be, all be summed up in, in a modern phrase, pours out his heart. We use that, don't we? Pours out his heart to the Lord. This is a psalm of someone in a situation that they don't want to be in. And, you know, most of us don't want to be in this situation, do we? We don't want to be in lockdown. How long, O oh Lord? I mean, those two words just um, resonate with us, don't they? Straight away. How long, O oh Lord? We may well be asking the same thing ourselves. You know, there are, there are many different types of psalms, um, and, and you can't fit all of them into just neat, neat categories. But, but, but some you can. Some you can sort of think, well, that, that fits into this sort of category. Um, and... There's three categories that I came across a few years ago, which I really find helpful, and they're these. There are psalms of orientation, psalms of disorientation, and psalms of reorientation. Now, as I said, you can't fit them all into that, but if you are reading through the psalms, you can sometimes think, oh yeah, this is a, this is a good, jolly one, this is an upbeat one, this is a, yeah, praise God together one, Psalm 100, Psalm 150, whatever it is, and you think, yeah, there's this sense of orientation that, that, that our hearts are towards God, that, we're, that we know that God is there, that we're, that we're engaged with him, that we're, we're walking with him, and, that, and that's brilliant, uh, and we can do that. But we live in a world that has looked for satisfaction in other things, don't we? Good things have become ultimate things. We have hearts that would worship the creation rather than the creator. And even when we're saved, we're not made perfect overnight, are we? You know that. It's a process of God getting to work on us. And sometimes our, 
our hearts are on the wrong things. But God does begin to do a work in us and transform us to be more like Jesus. But there are times in that transformation when we can still feel disorientated. You know, things have been going well, but then there are times when we feel disorientated. Things are tough, things are hard. We have to put a bit more effort in to our relationship with the Lord. We have to seek him more. That's often what happens. But we know that God brings us through. If you've been a Christian for any length of time, you'll know that those times, they're a time, but God brings us through. And that's why we have these psalms of reorientation. These ones that sort of start off with everything going well, but then sort of go down into the valley and it's the difficult years to struggle, but then come back up again. And then at that point, we're able to look back and we're able to see something of what God has been doing. Psalms of reorientation. You know, I do think after all this is over, um, it would be good to look at a psalm of reorientation together, wouldn't it? And just to thank God for his goodness to us during this time. But where are we today? Where are we today? Well, today, I really want to think about this one, this disorientation. Um, sometimes we, we feel it, don't we? We're, we're there. We're, we're not in the place that we want to be. You know, we're living at a momentous time in history. This will be remembered. Yesterday, uh, or the day before, whenever it was, Friday, VE Day, um, we thought, didn't we, uh, uh, about another momentous time in history, the Second World War, and that, that victory in Europe coming to an end. This is, you know, I don't know how long it'll be remembered, but it will be remembered. 2020 was that year of the lockdown for all sorts of different reasons. People can't do what they wanted to do. So this will be a time that goes down in history. It's momentous. And we may well be wondering where God is and what God is doing. There are times when things happen that are out of our control. They can disorientate us. And this could be such a time. You know, not just the lockdown. Other things happen in the lockdown. I mean, it's not like, you know, we lock down and therefore everything else just sort of waits until everything's all right again. That doesn't happen, doesn't it? We heard of a friend this week whose cancer has come back. It's tough, isn't it? I know some of you are worried about your jobs. I know some of you are worried about how long it goes on because you're feeling lonely. I know that some of you are thinking, well, you know, we feel like we're being robbed of the time we have left because you don't know how long you've got left on this earth. These things can disorientate us. You know, you may be thinking last week, the week before, you know, it's all very well him popping up on the telly telling me to be intimate, but he doesn't know the situation that I'm in. And actually, I'm really struggling. And this is tough. And I can't see a way through. Is this lockdown taking its toll? Is it? Is something else taking its toll with you? Are you disorientated? Are you? There are many things that can disorientate us. And that's why I want to look at this psalm. If you're not disorientated, there's still something that you can learn from here, because there'll be times when we are, times when it's a struggle, times when uh, the difficulties come. So it's good to be forearmed, isn't it? Forewarned and ready to go in. So I'm going to look at this psalm uh, together, Psalm 13. And there's three points that I've pulled out uh, which help us. And I've gone for an ABC approach today, ABC. So the first one is we're thinking about how to approach him. We approach him. The second one is that we need to be truthful with him. 
This is God. We are how we approach God, how we be truthful with God. And then thirdly, how we continue to trust him. I think that's what the psalmist gives us here as we break it down and look at it. So let's do that together. So these first four verses, really the four verses cover these first two points. Approach him. The disorientation in this psalm has been going on for a long time. Shown by the fourfold how long, how long, how long, how long. How long will you forget me? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle? How long will my enemy triumph over me? You can feel the plea, can't you? It's written there. How long? This has gone on long enough. That's what the psalmist is saying. That's enough. Call time on it. There are three things that seem to be affecting the psalmist. One is that God is forgetting him. Two is that his own thoughts and his heart that he's wrestling with. And three, he has an enemy. It's pretty gloomy, isn't it? When he starts. And if you're in a time of disorientation, you could just be thinking, yeah, that's what it's like. But the thing is, very importantly, the psalmist knows that God is still listening. Otherwise, he wouldn't speak. Even though it's a complaint that comes out of his mouth, it does come out of his mouth. Do you see what I'm saying? He knows that God is still listening. He's not just speaking into fresh air. He's again coming before God. He's approaching him. He's telling him. That's the first lesson for us. Have you approached God? Have you told him? Have you shared it with him? Whatever it is, your loneliness your work situation, your family concerns, your health concerns, concerns for other people's health. Because, you know, I mean, I do this, and I guess it's therefore a human problem, but I might be wrong. But sometimes we can just whinge and moan and walk around and feel a bit sorry for ourselves and assume that that's sort of getting to God somehow. Now, it's not that he doesn't know it, but he wants us to tell him. He wants us to share it with him. And, you know, for me, until I do that, I'm still in this sort of, this, this grumpiness is going on. I'm sort of, you know, heads down, and, oh, you know, I don't know. And then I think, well, but I haven't actually said anything to God. I haven't brought it before. We can approach him. He's still listening. Even if we don't feel intimate, he's still listening. We can approach him. Are the lines of communication open? even though God feels far off. How long? You know, when I was reading this, there's one thing that came to my mind. Kids in the back of the car on a long journey. How long? Are we there yet? That's what they're asking, isn't it? And I just thought of a comparison between that and this. How long? Are we there yet? What? Do they want to know the answer? Actually, often they don't want to know the answer. So, for example, when Tia was quite little... How long? Just got, just got in the car. Two hour journey. Are we nearly there yet? No. How long? Two hours. Oh, oh well that's not long. And I'm thinking, okay, great, brilliant. Yeah, she's happy. So we keep going. We nearly get there, not far away. She says again, how long? I say 10 minutes. Oh, you're joking. That's ages. And I'm thinking, what? She doesn't really understand the time. I guess she's heard two and thinks not long and 10 and thinks long. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how it is. The point is that if you give her the answer, it doesn't really work. 
Katrina was brilliant at this because what Katrina understood with the kids was that when they asked that question, how long, what they're really saying is, I need some attention. I want you to, to look at me. I want you to engage with me. I want you to help me. And she got that straight away. I, I'm literal, so I just want to tell them the answer. I look and I think, well, so many miles left, uh, therefore it must be this, this, this. If the traffic's clear, an hour and a half. Katrina turns around and says, Let's play a game. Let's play I Spy or let's see how many red cars we can count in the next five minutes or let's see if we can see any animals. And straight away, she's into something else because she knew what they wanted. And I think it's the same for us here. The image is strong, isn't it? The sandwich one goes, one's got to attention. He wants it to, to look at him, to be with him. This imagery is quite strong, isn't it? Of looking. Verse one, you hide your face from me. You know, it seems that, that God's looking in a different direction. That's a horrible thought, isn't it? Verse 3, look on me. Give me your attention. Answer me, O Lord my God. When we ask God how long, we want the same thing that the kids want. We want him to come and to meet with us. Have you realised that? That actually, that question of how long... He's a longing for him. So make sure that you're approaching him. The A of the ABC in Psalm 13, approach him. Tell him, share with him, whatever it is, bring it before him. Which leads us to our second point. Be truthful with him. Be truthful with him. You know, the problem here is the enemy. The end of verse 2, there it is. How long will you let my enemy triumph over me? As we walk backwards through uh, those verses, um, we see, don't we? The enemy is resulting in him being sorrowful in his heart, in his mind. He's wondering why God is allowing it. How long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Because he feels like the enemy might triumph. There's a struggle and it's affecting everything else. He could take it the other way around as well because he doesn't sense God's presence and know that God's there. Therefore, it's getting to the point where he's got enemies. What is your enemy? What is your enemy? What consumes your thoughts and is bringing sorrow to your heart? What makes it feel like God is far away? Be truthful with him. Tell him. Whatever it is, if it's something you've done wrong, you're not going to shock him. Tell him, you need to confess it. You need to come before it. You need to bring it before him and tell him how sorry you are. If it's something that's out of your control and you, you like being in control, you want to be able to deal with that situation, but you can't tell him, bring it before him. That's the point, isn't it? Be truthful with him. And then we see how bad it is in verses three and four. This is the language of despair. His eyes are dark. He can't see properly he asks for God to give light to his eyes that he may see God in the situation otherwise he fears his despair his despair will win and he will die he's so disorientated he feels that his troubles will overwhelm him how honest this is isn't it from the psalmist how raw how real as our relationship with God has to be it has to be real. Yeah, it's poetry. I mean, he's thought about it. He's sat down. He's chosen the right words because he wants to express it in a thought-out way. That doesn't mean it's any easier. 
He's in the midst of deep trouble. Still turning to him and asking him to intervene. If he dies, his enemy will say, I've overcome him. I've overcome him and will rejoice when he fails. Don't let the enemy win. That's the point. Don't let the enemy win. You know, it's possible here that the enemy is the devil. Certainly he could be behind whatever it is that's going on. Who will gloat if the psalmist fails, if he falls, if he falls into despair and sleeps in death. He will rejoice because he works for the destruction of God's people. He wants to attack our faith. He wants us cursing God rather than trusting him. He wants us to rely on ourselves rather than the Lord. And we can do all of those things if we don't pray, if we don't approach him, and if we're not truthful with him. How are we doing that when we pray? Approach him, be truthful with him, and then finally, continue to trust him. The ABC of Psalm 13. Continue to trust him. Verses 5 and 6. Now I think he's speaking to God here and he's speaking to himself. If the enemy wins, he will have lost faith. So he knows he can beat the enemy by continuing to trust God, even in the most difficult situations. He says, I will trust. I mean, you don't think of all that goes before, that the raw honesty and, and, and the outpouring of the heart in these first four verses, verse five is, is, is so different, isn't it? You see it? All this difficulty, turn your face to me, cast your eyes upon me, don't let me sleep in death, don't let my enemies triumph over me. It's all hard, difficult stuff. And then suddenly, but, verse 5, I will trust in your unfailing love. But I trust in your unfailing love. You know, if you're struggling in lockdown, worried about family friends, job situations, if you're lonely, have this as a motto, but I trust in your unfailing love. Why not? That's what's important, isn't it? That we continue to trust that whatever our troubles, they don't win. We'll go through difficulties, we'll go through struggles, trials, tribulations, difficulties. But God is bigger. They can't win. That's the point. God is his best treasure. God himself. Let's make sure we don't lose the most important thing, the most treasured thing, the most valuable thing, which is God himself. He doesn't know why God seems distant doesn't know why God's allowing him to go through this. We don't know what's happening at this moment in time. But what the psalmist does know is it's not because God doesn't love him. He knows God's love. God loves him. The reason that he trusts God is because of his unfailing love. His unfailing love. And you know, that's what we need to do. We need to know. Whatever the situation, however hard it is, God still loves us. His love is unfailing towards us. His love doesn't mean that he will give us everything easy and laid out on a plate. He loved his son and it was hard for his son. 
He went through incredible suffering. But he knew that his father loved him. And you know, in this psalm, this could just be the turning point. Just this, this realisation, how long, Lord, this is tough. Please turn your attention towards me. But I will trust in your unfailing love. This could be the turning point. This could be the point when he, that he's had to get to. This realisation that this situation he now gives to God. I'll trust you with it, Lord. I can't keep it myself anymore. I'll trust to your unfailing love. Seems to be a turning point, doesn't it? Because look what the next verse says. <laughs> Something he could never have done right at the beginning of the psalm. And we're only six verses in. He says, I will sing to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord for he has been good to me. You see, he may have been consumed by the situation. It may have seemed that the disorientation in the situation was all there was, but now he's able to see it uh, more um, constructively, if you like. He's able to see it in a bit of a different light and boot by trusting God in the situation and continuing to trust him because he doesn't want his enemy to win. He doesn't want the situation to win. He knows that God is bigger. And just saying those words, I trust in your unfailing love, could have made all the difference because they came from the heart. He worked it out and realised that that's what he needed to do, that next step. You had that in prayer? Sometimes, you know, you feel like there's a bit of a blockage you can't get through and maybe, maybe you confess something or maybe it's just you're not quite getting it and then suddenly you just think, but, but I'm going to trust you with this situation, Lord. And, that, and you think, yeah, that's what I need to do. Like it wasn't obvious and it wasn't obvious. We need to bring ourselves to that point or let God bring us to that point. In the midst of disorientation, David has glimpsed God's goodness. But we've been shown it more fully, haven't we? We understand more of this psalm than the person that wrote it. I mean, that sounds a bit strange, but it's true. Because what we see here is that we know that God loves us in an unfailing way because of what he's done for us, what he's given. This psalm was written before the cross. We read it after the cross and we're able to see it fulfilled in Jesus. That's what happens. We know the Son of God, the Lord Jesus, lived this prayer, experienced this disorientation, and still trusted God. He has entered into our humanity and suffering, and he uses this psalm on the cross. Not these words, don't get me wrong. But when you think about that ABC, this is what Jesus does on the cross. He still approaches God, even when it's tough, he approaches God. Let me look at three cries from the cross to show how Jesus did these three things. The first one, he approaches him and we see in Luke 23, 34, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing when they're nailing his hands to the cross. His approach to God is still there. Secondly, Mark 15, 34, be truthful with him my god my god why have you forsaken me in the midst of that suffering jesus is truthful with his father but incredibly well not incredibly <laughs> the son of god but wonderfully he continues to trust him back into luke 23 verse 46 the last recorded words of Jesus on the cross from Luke. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. 
Jesus has gone before us. Jesus has lived and prayed this psalm. Jesus has known the ABC of Psalm 13 in his own difficulties, in his own struggles, in his own suffering. Remember, if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for us. Let's continue to approach him, even if we're not feeling intimate. That will come. Let's continue to be truthful with him. We've got to search our hearts. We've got to know sometimes that there's something in there we need to get out. We need to bring before him a deep worry, a deep concern. But let's continue to trust him. Let's not doubt his love for us, especially in these times when we need to know him. Because he does love us. And we can trust that unfailing love. Let's pray, shall we? Oh, Father, we thank you for the, the raw honesty of this psalm. We thank you for um, the way it communicates to us. Lord, we're in a strange situation and we're all going to be feeling it at one point or another. When we feel disorientated, help us to be reminded of this psalm. Help us to bring that ABC into our uh, prayers, we pray, into our lives, that we would approach you, that we would be truthful with you and we would continue to trust you. For we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening again, guys. Um, again, hopefully I'll see you soon. Um, but now we're going to sing.